Whoever thought making a baby could be so hard? Luckily, the fertility journey isn't meant to be traveled alone. Eloise Drain has helped hundreds of people build and grow their families over the last 15 years, and she's ready to share her insider knowledge and expertise with you. So grab a seat and let's talk fertility and alternative family building in the Fertility Cafe. Hello, everybody. So I am so excited to have two of my uh, most favorite people in our industry. Well, not just in our industry. I think two of my most favorite people in general on with me today. And we get to talk about what you're looking for or what you should be looking for in an agency in all agency-related things today. So today I have with me Darlene Pinkerton from The Perfect Match and Amy Kaplan with West Coast Surrogacy. So I'm just going to allow you guys to hop in and introduce yourselves, and then we're going to get into a whole lot of other topics. So Amy, actually, you go first. Great. So yeah, I'm Amy. I'm the owner and founder of West Coast Surrogacy in California, and um, I'm happy to be here with you. Awesome. Thank you. And my name is Darlene. I'm the owner and founder of A Perfect Match. I'm also a mother through surrogacy. We're one of the first couples to ever do gestational surrogacy. And our baby is now 31 and we have been helping families for 22 years. Yes. So um, full disclosure, I go to Darlene for a lot of information. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for trusting me. Yes. Yes. So yes, exactly. Um, uh, just obviously have the utmost respect for them and why I wanted them on today's episode, because I've actually been getting a couple of people asking questions on what is important to look for in an agency and what are the things that you should be looking out for in an agency? I mean, I think it's, um, well, maybe it's not well known, but there's probably what, if you guys guess, about 150 to 200 agencies in the U.S. right now. Yes, yes, yeah, probably at least. Yeah, in Southern California. Maybe in California. Yes, <laughs> like a lot. We probably have half the agencies just in Southern California. Wow. Yeah. And to think that it's a non-regulated industry. Mm-hmm. So pretty much anybody can open their doors and hang their shingle and say, uh, hello, I'm an agency, um, which not necessarily that that's a bad thing. But at the same time, um, I think that people don't understand the responsibility, the um, importance of what we're doing, um, the fatigue that it can cause us sometimes, the stress, the frustration, the taking away time from our own families um, to help other families, which of course we all chose this, right? This is the profession that we wanted to do, but it also takes a lot. So if you two ladies wouldn't kind of mind sharing, you know, just your perspective on what it takes to become an agency owner. Well, I think I would, um, I'd be happy to start with that because I am very opinionated about agencies and what should be required of them, at least uh, as far as business expertise. I think that um, when you choose somebody, they should at least have some business experience. But more so, you know, what, what concerns me is the transparency issues that I see 
in this field. And it's one thing to know who you're working with and choose to work with that person based on that knowledge versus believing that you're working with someone who has more experience than they actually do. Mm-hmm. And so I I think that someone should have some experience in the field, whether it's in a clinic, previously working in a clinic, or um, in my case, I worked in a law firm. So I understood that perspective of it, as well as the personal. You can't you can't not, you know, oh, yeah. be happy that someone had some personal experiences. Each one of us have, whether we've been a surrogate, used a surrogate, um, we all have this experience. But to have a background, at least that covers some area of this before you start, mm-hmm. I think is really important. So transparency, understanding who you're working with, what their real experience is, what training they've had or haven't had. Mm-hmm. before you select them. Yep. Miss Amy? Sure. And yeah, I agree with you, Darlene, because it takes so much more than just having been a surrogate yourself to own and, and operate an agency. Mm-hmm. Of course, that gives you great insight into what the process looks like. But as we all know, having agencies for decades, it goes beyond that, what's required of you to run an ethical agency and um having been a surrogate really doesn't equip you for that. So what other experience do you have? I I agree with that coming from a clinic or um, from the legal side, something that a business background, business education, Mm -hmm. something that will help facilitate that and give you the stamina Mm -hmm. to continue this Mm -hmm. for the years, (laughs) right? Right. As we all see. Um, And there are so many agencies that we don't even know who owns them. It doesn't say on their website. We have no idea who's behind this, who Mm -hmm. you're speaking to. And that Mm -hmm. scares me. And Mm -hmm. I would like to see every agency disclose who the owners are and who you're working with. I think that's very important as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I want to do is kind of walk an intended parent um, through, and as well as a GC through, honestly, from, okay, I've decided that I need this service or I decided that I want to become a GC and now I need to begin that search. Like, oh my God, what do I do? Where do I even begin? What do I look for? What are the questions that I ask? So, um, Amy, I would come to you first and say, okay, I'm an intended parent and I need to figure out where do I begin? What's the first thing mm-hmm. they should do? Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's, there's parents who are already with a fertility center. That's a great place to start. Who, ask your doctor, ask your nurse, who do they work with? Who do they trust? Who do they have success with? So that's one area where, she, where he or she both can start. If you don't have a clinic yet, then you're doing your research. You can uh, ask people you know, do do research online, start calling some agencies. Um, I don't know if either of you have a resource to go to uh, to look for something online, but I, I think speaking with at least three agencies, um, looking at, of course, their level of experience that like we just talked about, what is their background, but also how many years have they been in business? Um, at least I prefer that you work with somebody five years or, or more 
of, of business experience as an agency. Um, so I would start there. I would start, I, I always, even when I talk to intended parents with my agency, I encourage them, please speak with more agencies. You're not just choosing a surrogate, you're choosing a partner in this. Yep. So your agency is your partner and you want to feel confident in who they are, in the uh, services they provide, the support they offer. So do your research and ask those hard questions. And all agencies, we should be willing to have the hard conversation and answer those questions and give you the time that you need to make an informed decision. Yep, absolutely. I, I agree. You know, and each agency has its own culture. Yes. And, it, you know, my agency mm-hmm. is more um, family sort of situation, even though I've been doing this a long time, where I would consider us more of a boutique sort of situation. And so what I find is when parents come to meet with us, they're either really comfortable and that's what they want is to feel like, as Amy said, a partner in this journey, or mm-hmm. they like the corporate feel. Mm-hmm. They want that bigger agency that they feel has more, um, maybe more employees or, you know, whatever. So it's it's important that you do meet with different agencies so you can determine which of those cultures best meets your needs and mm-hmm. your family and mm-hmm. who you're comfortable mm-hmm. spending basically a year with because that's yeah. how long. Yeah. Or if longer. Or even longer. Yeah. Um, So Darlene, um, to your point, and I think culture is also extremely important when it comes to gestational carriers, but what would um, some recommendations for a carrier of what she's looking for? Like, how does she even begin finding someone? I think with a, with a, a surrogate, it's the same it's the same basic philosophy. Speak to a number of agencies. Find out who has what experience, you have to feel comfortable with the agency that you're with because you're putting your family, your life into their their hands, not, mm-hmm. you know, not their life meaning that, but just guiding you. And so you want to know that you're with someone who really does understand the process and that culture, you know, somebody may want to not have much to do with parents. They just, they're busy. They want to live their lives. And so um, maybe an agency that works more with international families that aren't around all the time might be the better fit. Mm -hmm. Or you want to be with someone who has more localized, more national um, parents so that you can have them more involved. So it's really a learning curve of finding out what's important to you as a person and your family before you choose your agency. It's not all just about money and who pays the most. Yes, exactly. Um, Amy? Yeah, and I want to add to that also agencies that really are looking out for your best interest as a surrogate for your health and your Mm -hmm. well-being, which I know that that we all do in this group. So having your medical records evaluated before you're accepted into the program, reviewing Mm -hmm. your history and what type of family support you have, because you're really going to be going through much more than you may expect to be going through. And our role as an agency is to do our best to know that you and your family will get through that period and can be healthy through your pregnancy and not have any complications that you may not even be aware of that are found and discovered in your medical records that could impact the health of a surrogate pregnancy. So I think being with an agency that does that proper vetting and has the appropriate professionals who are 
reviewing these documents and talking with you and consulting with you is mm-hmm. important too. And also, of course, the mental health provider, which I'm sure we'll, we'll touch upon, um, having that conversation with you and your partner as a surrogate to meet with a mental health provider and explore surrogacy in a way that you may not be exploring with the person you're talking to at the agency um, mm-hmm. and seeing if it's right for you and your family before you commit to this. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead, Darlene. Were you going to say oh, something? Oh, and just what she was saying, you know, there's this is not meant to be a quick process. No. Mm-hmm. We're all supposed to be doing our due diligence. And so agencies that do a lot up front, it's really in your best interest because right. you'd be not sure you you got selected, you got matched. And then you go to your medical screening or they, they review your records and you realize that, you know, you're really not as qualified as you thought you were. So mm-hmm. it seems like a pain to do all of this work up front mm-hmm. and, and have to wait to do your psych, you know, your psych evaluation and mm-hmm. have your records reviewed. But it really is in your best interest mm-hmm. because when we select you as a candidate, your chance of being... Um, approved by a clinic is really great. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is time consuming, but it's it's worth mm-hmm. putting in the effort up front. Right. right. And I and, think that's for parents and, sorry, yes. and for surrogates. Yes. It's, yes. it's an agency says, oh, we can match you next week. We can match you in two weeks. That's a, that's a red flag in my opinion. And, and I'm not sure if, if you agree with that, but how can you really ethically get a candidate through that type of vetting in one to two weeks. Yes, I agree. Right? I mean, it, so I would be concerned about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, with the um, agencies that are saying one to two weeks, I mean, perhaps they've had these gestational carriers for, sure. you know, an extended they period of time. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it's not just about just because you check the box here and she checked the box that you should automatically be matched. Because even if you don't have a relationship, even if you decide I'm busy, I don't want to have a relationship with my parents or I'm busy, I don't want to have the relationship with my surrogate, you're international, whatever. Mm-hmm. But there still has to be a trust and a respect between the two, both of you. Absolutely. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I recently was on another podcast and um, I I said it on the podcast, you know, the thing about surrogacy is both parties should enjoy what they're going, this process that they're going through. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be, oh, the surrogate is wonderful and great until, of course, the end of the pregnancy. But, you know, she's glowing and all of the wonderful things. And then the intended parents are, of course, they're going to be nervous. Of course, they're going to be concerned throughout the entire pregnancy. However, they can still enjoy it as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think everybody forgets that this process, regardless of how you had to get here or whatever, the thing is, but you're here now. You're pregnant now. Of course, you're going to have fear, but enjoy it because one day your child is going to ask about their origin mm-hmm. and you can tell them, okay, maybe I wasn't necessarily the one carrying you, but I was there when one day I felt you kicking or I was there when, you know, your uh, surrogate was telling me how you were, you know, hiccuping in her stomach. 
you know, you can still tell those stories. It doesn't have to be where you're so separated and you have no involvement. And so therefore you can never mm-hmm. share your child's story with them. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So, okay. And I can and go on and on really about that, but your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. It's a partnership. You know, the surrogate, the, the parents, the agency, it's everybody working together. And that yeah. is really the experience that I know we all cultivate and want to see in all of our matches. And, you know, ideally that's what you're looking for in an agency as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's what surrogates, most surrogates are looking for is that connection. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. want to be able to tell you, oh, I felt the, the baby mm-hmm. kick today, or mm-hmm. I went to my appointment and the heart, the heart rate was at this, or, you know, it's one of the reasons that they do this is mm-hmm. to That's give right. that opportunity for right. someone to experience what they can't experience otherwise. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so sending lots of pictures and checking in all the time, reading, you know, and having the surrogate played through the earbuds, you know, to their tummy or something. There's ways to be connected from both the the surrogate and the parent. Okay. So my next question is now that they've settled on um, some agencies and they have decided and narrowed down to an agency, um, what is the next thing that they should expect? And then what are the questions now that they've said, okay, I want to go with this agency, but it's still new. There's things that she may not know to think about. There's things that she may not even, I don't know, know exists. Um, So what should be the surrogates, you know, next step? And then of course, on the intended parent side, what should be their next step? So jump in wherever you'd like. I'm going to let Amy go first on this one. <laughs> well, I think it depends on if you're a surrogate or I'll, I'll talk about the um, the surrogate. So um, she's spoken with some agencies and narrowed it down. I think uh, it, it's important for her to understand the support that that agency offers. I think mm-hmm. that's really key. Well, uh, you know, those of us who have been surrogates understand that um, and then kind of parents, of course. So what what does that agency offer you in support? Is there mental health support throughout the entire process? Uh, are you able to talk to a counselor? Are you required to? Is your case manager or somebody at the agency available to you after hours if you have some bleeding in the evening? Are you, um, you know, what is that agency going to do for you? I think is helpful for her to understand as she's choosing the agency. She could expect to have the uh, a mental health interview, psychological screening with both the surrogate and her partner, which may be done in person or virtually. Um, she will have background checks, uh, possibly a home visit. Her health insurance, if she does have a health insurance policy, should be evaluated as well to see if she might be able to use that during the pregnancy. And if not, have resources available to her to talk with the agency or any specialist about that. Um, and then from there, I, you know, the two of you can jump in, but I typically we see that then they begin the matching process after they've completed all those. Some agencies may do some of that after a match. Some are doing it before a match. I think I come from a different perspective, having been a parent mm-hmm. um, in this situation. And so what what I see happen a lot of times is that Parents really want to do this. The intended parents really want this. They want to have a baby. They they know this is the way that they have to go. But that doesn't mean that they're not having some feelings of loss. Mm-hmm. And so for them, 
I think the more the surrogate can include them and and give them the experiences, the better. But I think also parents need to understand this, that they they may have feelings of sadness. They may even have feelings of jealousy. I've seen this happen many times with, um, with parents. And so having a really good support system in place as the intended parent is every bit as important as having the surrogate have a really good support system in place. So working with a, a mental health professional, I think, um, would really be helpful. Having an agency that will, while we focus on the surrogate, because obviously she's the one that's pregnant and we're dealing with the day-to-day and the medical and making sure she's healthy and all of that, we can't lose sight of that's right. intended parents. That's right. And um, yeah. so part of our role as an agency, I believe, is also to... Yep be as inclusive with the parents as we possibly can be. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what I, does that look like in an right. agency? I mean, we hear so many different experiences for the parents of what that really looks like when you're with an agency. And um, like you said, Darlene, the focus can be on the surrogate because she has the pregnancy. Right. But um, definitely the the culture in which an agency um, cultivates relationships with the parents and with the surrogate and everybody together, I think is mm-hmm. so key as we all, we all see that and, and, um, right. and have that with our own agencies is it's a really a team, which includes the parents. It, and, it does. And, you know, mm-hmm. we have to help manage the surrogate's expectations too, because yep. mm-hmm. sometimes they don't recognize that an intended parent, what they're, what they're feeling is um, anxious or, um, sad or whatever. And the surrogate can take that mm-hmm. as a personal, um, just, I don't want to say attack because it's not an attack, but just a, a personal sort of thing where they're thinking it's them. Yeah. And it's really not, it's yeah. the parent and just having some empathy and, mm-hmm. you know, surrogates can have babies. It's natural. Mm-hmm. It comes, mm-hmm. comes easily. Mm-hmm. And, um, so to have empathy for their intended parents, I think is really an important thing. And so agencies really should understand that and encourage that with their surrogates as well. Yeah, I um, I always use the analogy with the surrogates when I used to interview the surrogates. Now um, I have a couple of amazing coordinators that are doing it. And I used to ask them all the time, imagine me, we're meeting for the first time. I've never met you before, a day in my life. I come to you and I say, hey, I'm going to take little Johnny. And you can't see him. You can't touch him. You can't talk to him. You can't tell me how to treat him. You can't tell me what to do with him. You can't tell me anything. You just need to trust that I'm going to bring Johnny back to you healthy and whole in nine months. Mm. And how do you feel? And almost every single one of them, no, I probably would say every single one of them, like really had to pause because they were like, oh, I never thought of it that way before. And it's just like, but that's exactly what these intended parents are doing because for them, this embryo is their Johnny. You know, maybe that embryo doesn't have a face yet and it doesn't have, you know, a form for you yet, but to them, 
It does. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you have to give them that that same respect and that same um, courtesy of wanting, just like you would want somebody to take care of your child for you when, you know, if you left them in your, in my care, then I would expect, you know, the same thing. And then I flip it on the intended parents. And I also say, okay, now imagine somebody comes to you and says, you have to freeze your life for the next year. Can't do anything. And then not only can't you do anything, you also have to get permission to do things. And maybe not permission is the right word, but let's say you were seven months pregnant and you wanted to cross state lines into Michigan where it's illegal to do surrogacy and you deliver in Michigan, now what are the parents going to do? Oh, okay, you didn't, you wasn't ever planning on going to Michigan. You were planning on going to South Carolina, right? But now there's no BPO, there's no parental order. Now what? So, okay, I'm sorry, I can keep going on and on, but you guys go. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think what you're saying is that there. this is really almost more of a dance partnership where, you know, you can fight each other and never be able to, to do the dance or you can, you know, go with the flow and go with what's happening and allow somebody to lead, understand their position, have empathy. Don't look at it as just a business deal from either side. These are real people. Yes. Surrogates Mm -hmm. and intended parents are real people. You're creating a human being. And that is like one of the greatest gifts in this life is Mm. to have that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to, to respect that, respect each other and respect each other's role in this, I think makes for the healthiest relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. Amy? And so much we see that what's underneath all of that is usually it's just a human emotion. It's, you know, for the parents, it could be fear and it mm-hmm. presents mm-hmm. itself as control and then and being mm-hmm. upset and um, so many different ways that we see that manifest itself. And for a surrogate that, you know, wanting to be trusted and not not wanting to give up uh, control in her life, right? So that may manifest itself in a different way. But what's underneath it is really just the same thing. They both want trust and respect and to be heard. Mm-hmm. Right and feel validated, mm-hmm. and it's just it's human nature. So I, I I'm constantly reminded in what we do that it's surrogacy is is the core of human nature. It, mm-hmm. It's purest, right? Mm-hmm. It's just unfiltered. It's it's raw humanity helping each other with the most precious most precious part of life, mm-hmm. and with that comes. Uh, so many emotions and right. um, unexpected things come up in life for, for all parties. And so who is your team around you to support you through that and help when, when, when you need that extra support? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. So what should some questions be when it comes to the financial aspect? And um, I, you know, everybody talks about, well, you know, as a surrogate, she should care about, obviously, the what she's doing first before the money becomes a, I don't want to say money becomes a factor. The money is always a factor. Mm-hmm. But before that's the number one factor. But having it to be okay that the money is a factor as well. 
And to know that, yes, it is okay for the money to be a factor. However, there are still things that you need to be aware of because what you see sometimes out there in the numbers that are being portrayed as what the compensation is, isn't always really the compensation. Right. So do you guys want to talk about that? I think you have to compare apples to apples, first of all. You know, so you might see a big number out there, but that could be inclusive of many things. It could include your medical care. It could include your legal. um, It could include your insurance. So when you look at that, there's a difference between a baseline compensation and then there is an all-inclusive compensation. And so when parents, the same thing, when you're looking at this, you want to know what you're paying for. You should have a, you know, I say, don't let this be a business, but there's a time when this has to be a business. Yeah. And it's up in the front when you're doing your due diligence, you should understand everything that you're paying for, what is covered, when you will get a rematch, who the parties involved, and the same for the surrogate. She needs, she should have a, a really solid benefit package that tells her the breakdown of everything that she is going to get. And then when you have all that and it's out of the way, mm-hmm. then you can just go on with the relationship. You know that the agency and the lawyers, the trust fund, everyone is going to be doing their part. So mm-hmm. spend that time up front understanding all of that. We, we talk often about even agency fees. Those are, you have to compare apples to apples Mm -hmm. because some agencies do the work up front. They do the psychological, the background, they get the medical records reviewed and they're spending money up front to give you the best candidate that they can give you. And then other agencies charge the same agency fee, but they're doing none of that. Mm -hmm. So you have to, you really have to understand who you're working with, what the terms are and make sure it's all in writing. Yep. Amy? Yeah, and, and who's holding the, the escrow account or the trust fund once you're, you've made it through your legal agreement with your surrogate or your intended parent and the funds are being placed aside to, to cover all of the expenses for the surrogate, who's managing that? Is it the agency? Is it an attorney? Is it a third-party escrow company? Um, I think we're probably in agreement that you want somebody who's a third party, ideally, um, either your attorney or an escrow account. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, just, I'm sorry, I just wanted to add a a little bit of, um, when I see some issues come up, they tend to be either somebody wants more money for something that they didn't agree to Mm -hmm. up front, or Maybe an intended parent doesn't think she did her job good enough and maybe she shouldn't get paid. When you go into this, it's a contract. You mm-hmm. have a contract with somebody and you have to abide by those terms, whether you're the surrogate and you don't like what you're hearing or either you're the intended parent and you don't want to have to pay it. Mm-hmm. You have to go into this understanding it is a legal agreement and you must abide by it. Yep. Yep. I... I concur. <laughs> All right. And as wait. a surrogate, if you, so I want to add, no, as go a surrogate, ahead. If, you, if you are wanting to, to request a change to the benefit package, you do that well before matching. Yes. It's not in the legal contract phase. You want to let your agency know in advance so mm-hmm. you're matched accordingly and you know whether the agency is going to support that request or not. Right. Yep. 
And then also to save your time, because you also don't want to, you know, work with an agency where you're expecting one thing and they may not be able to offer that. Maybe their clientele is not that type of clientele. You, Mm -hmm. I mean, it is worth your while to be upfront as to what it is that you want to save everybody time and heartache, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's not fair either for you to start the process, go through everything, get matched. And then when it's time for the contracts and these intended parents are so anxious to get started and then you decide like, oh, no, no, wait, I want more money. You know, for some of these people, it's not that easy to say you want more money because an additional $5,000 could literally just break everything for them. So, you know, it's you have to take everybody into consideration. You do. And that's a reason when you are choosing an agency, if we can go back to that for a moment, you want to be working with an agency that is looking at all contingencies because we've lived them. We've been through it for, you know, 15, 20 years. And there's nothing that can break trust faster Mm -hmm. than having someone agree to certain terms. And then once they think they have their match, they try to change the terms at that time. It's just, Mm -hmm. even if it went forward, there is a bad taste that is left with people when someone changes their minds. So work with someone who's going to help you go through all of this. Like Amy said, if you have a problem or want something more, talk to us at that time before Mm -hmm. we match you with a family. Let's work it all out. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do our best to get you everything that you want because we want you to be happy as well. Yeah. Yeah. It is about trust. So, you know, keep that in mind when Mm -hmm. you're you're choosing an agency that you pick someone who's going to help you work through that. Yep. Um, Well, ladies, um, what would be the final thing that you would tell to either side or both? Darlene, do you want to go first? (laughs) I would love to, Eloise. Um, I I think what I, the main thing I would want to say is this is personal. As Eloise said, enjoy it. I mean, the end result when it works is just incredible. And so understand that any difficulties you're having to get to the end are just temporary. It will be over. And when you hold that baby or you hand that baby mm-hmm. to intended parents, all of this is going to just, it's going to be like a dream because you accomplished what you set out to do. Yep. Amy? Yeah. I second that. And really congratulations to both parties for considering this and taking that leap. I think mm-hmm. for parents, so much, so much trust to do this. And for a surrogate, it, it takes so much courage and compassion to want to become a surrogate. So, you know, I acknowledge you, all the listeners for considering that. And, um, and it's an incredible experience as we've all been there ourselves in different ways. It's life altering and life changing for everybody. And uh, it really truly can be such an incredibly beautiful experience. So, you know, trust in that and surround yourself with people who believe in that and can mm-hmm. help you achieve it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I agree. I agree. So, um, okay, ladies, can you share how everybody can uh, find you? And Amy, do you want to go first? And Sure. We are, yeah, absolutely. Westcoastsurrogacy.com. We are located in California. We've been in business for 14 years and uh, we do work, work with surrogates and parents in other states other than California or the West Coast. So uh, don't let the name discourage 
discourage you from contacting us. Um, but yeah, feel free to go through our website or uh, you can call us at 949-861-4100. All right, Darlene. Okay, well, that's hard to follow, Amy. Um, <laughs> such a good job of that. So um, Darlene Pinkerton and our company is a perfect match. Dot com and you can just do info at a perfectmatch.com and it will get to us. We do free consults. We do free. Uh, we love to do video chats. We, you know, it's, we'll spend as much time with you up front. We don't charge until you're matched. That's kind of a difference between us and some other agencies. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. It's just what we have chosen to do for our agency. We're located in San Diego. We're primarily... Um, California, Nevada, and a few other states, although we are now, uh, we're expanding more to the East Coast, and we hope to have our New York license by the end of the year. And um, you couldn't go wrong with any one of us because we share, there's a group of us that we share basic ethics. We share basic beliefs in how our parents and our surrogates should be treated. And Mm -hmm. so... You know, whether you go to my my friend Amy or you go to my friend Eloise, I know that you're going to be mm-hmm. in good hands. Mm-hmm. So yes. thank you for listening. And um, we just wish you the, the best on your journey. Yes, I agree with the her then too. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have all their information in the show notes as well. So um, to show that, yes, I wholeheartedly uh, trust these ladies. I know that they are beautiful inside it out and they do amazing work too. So anyways, um, so thank you ladies for joining me. And um, it was a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. I hope you found this discussion helpful as you weigh your next steps. You can follow Fertility Cafe on Instagram and Facebook channel Family Inceptions. If you haven't yet, go to your listening platform of choice and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We'd also love you to share Fertility Cafe with friends and family members who would benefit from the information shared. Join us next week for another conversation on modern family building. Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember, love has no limits, neither should parenthood. Thank you for joining us in the Fertility Cafe. Whether you're an intended parent, a woman considering egg donation, thinking of becoming a surrogate yourself, or a friend or family member of someone dealing with infertility, we're here to help. Visit our website, thefertilitycafe.com, for resources on fertility, alternative family building, and making this journey your own.